feel that sometimes your life or those of a loved one are complicated and out of control? You're not alone. Welcome to In the Ring with Mia, featuring five-time world and international boxing champion Mia St. John. Mia and her guests will share stories and invite open discussions about topics that need to be discussed. You'll be empowered to find help or be help. Now, here's your host, Mia St. John. Welcome back, everyone, to In the Ring with Mia, and I'm your host, Mia St. John. And we are back with a second season. I'm so excited. I can't believe this. Woohoo! <laughs> um, and thanks to all you guys who made it happen for me. Um, because I love the show so much and I love every all the topics and all my callers and everyone that listens. I get all your emails and um, I try to respond to each and every one of you. So, um, and if I haven't, then just uh, email me again. Um, you can also get a hold of me on social media. I'm at Mia St. John Boxer on Twitter and on Instagram, same thing at Mia St. John Boxer. Uh, I'm also on Facebook and you can also email me at Mia, or sorry, not at, but Mia St. John blog, B-L-O-G at gmail.com. And if you have any questions throughout the show and you want to call in and ask me something, you can call 866-472-5788. Um, or like I said, email me or DM me your questions on social media. Um, we talk about anything and everything that relates to your mental health. And yes, that's just about everything that we do in life, right? Um, at times, we'll also even talk boxing because I can't help it. I spent the majority of my life fighting. I started very young in the sport of Taekwondo, and I ended up turning pro in boxing um, when I became an adult. And I spent, oh my gosh, over 20 years as a pro. And I just retired three years ago. Oh my God, but I have exciting news. Oh shoot. Um, I have decided. Okay, so this is crazy. So I did, I retired three years ago. My last fight was in New Zealand. And um, it was really sad. Like after, after I retired, I mean, I was really glad to like heal my injuries and, and um, come to terms with, you know, um, retiring and my new life going forward. And of course it was really difficult. I mean, it was really, really, Ooh, I can't even tell you. Um, talk to anyone who's had to retire and it's just, um, whether it be from boxing or not, it's just a really difficult thing to do. But anyway, um, and then of course, you know, the horrible news that my, my son passed away and then his father passed away and, that set me on my downward spiral. I lost my 30 years of sobriety and um, just really lost myself. So it's been, it's been a long and crooked road to get back um, to sobriety and get back to my mental health. Um, it's a long road, but I want to encourage anyone who's going through it, going through anything in life that you can do this. Um, it is possible. And I'm living proof of that. Um, 
So anyway, back to boxing. I love it so much. And I, I got a call um, from one of my rivals back in the day who said, hey, let's do fight number three because we've had two fights so far. She, It's Christy Martin. She won the first one. I won the second one and won the WBC title back in 2012. And so she's like, hey, let's do, let's do the rubber match, the trilogy. Um, so that's very exciting. So I don't know. I mean, if I do it, it'll be an exhibition bout um, because I don't think I can go into, I can go into full training, but I don't think I can, I can do the, the 10 rounds again with little gloves and no headgear. Um, I just don't know. And we were talking about doing it on the undercard of Tyson um, because she's been talking to the promotion. But anyway, we'll see what happens. And if that does not happen, I've also been talking with Chris Cyborg from MMA to do um, an exhibition bout for my next fundraiser. So those are two exciting things that, that bring me, bringing me back to my first love, which was boxing. Um. And in other news, if you didn't hear it yet on social media, um, so I was talking about how I was just going crazy living without my AA meetings and how I felt like 12-step meetings have to be essential. They absolutely have to be. And it's crazy that they're not. So I got my world-famous or infamous, <laughs> to some he's infamous and to some he's famous. Anyway, to me, he's just the greatest. Um, celebrity attorney, Mark Garagos. And I called Mark up and, and told him, you know, I got shut down. My meetings got shut down and I can't believe this. And, and he was appalled as well. So he filed a lawsuit against our mayor, Mayor Garcetti, the mayor of LA. And Oh, I waited and I waited on pins and needles. Oh my God, what am I going to do? And so, in, in, well, in the interim, I was having all these underground meetings and going to all these underground meetings because there were still meetings that were happening. Um, they were just undercover. And so he drafted the lawsuit and they conceded, believe it or not, before it was even filed. So we won, you guys. We won. We knocked them the hell out. Now, that's great. And I was celebrating. Everything was so awesome. But then I got these guidelines that were like 100 miles long, page after page. Got to do this. Got to do that. Um, which is virtually like impossible for 12-step meetings to follow. It was like no more than 10 people and everybody has to wear a mask and you're six feet apart and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but now I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, I believe the latest news is that they are now essential or now we can actually uh, have them, but as long as, it's not as stringent, the rules, but I guess we still have to have 10 and under. Now, if anyone knows, please call and let me know, but I think that's what it is now. But still, it's still like, like, I mean, 10 people. I mean, I don't know if you've been to these meetings, but there's so many people and 
um, to have them six feet apart. I don't know. It's just, it's going to be difficult. And I think that our underground meetings are going to be going on for quite some time. But the reason it was so important for me, these meetings that I know everybody says, well, there's Zoom, there's Zoom, you can do Zoom. But Zoom, like there's no accountability, number one. Like you could be doing anything and no one's going to know about it. You could be drinking, you know, behind the behind your computer or phone or whatever, and no one's going to know about it. So there's just really, or you can walk out anytime you want. There's just no accountability. So that sucks. And then there's, you know, pe- people know that, because um, I talk about it a lot, I work with the homeless people and and ones that have severe mental illness. And, and a lot of them, think about it, the homeless people, a lot of them don't have smartphones and they don't have computers. So for them to still attend AA meetings is really like um, for them to go on Zoom, like really, that's just not going to happen. Um, so I felt like I had to fight for them. And, you know, I know one of the, the rules now in our AA meetings is that we can't have coffee and our treats. You know, we usually have like donuts and cookies. And, and that's really important for people trying to stay sober because you know that we tend to rely on sugar and coffee once we start getting sober and a lot of the homeless people too. And that's their time that they can come in and eat and have some coffee. And so it kind of takes the socialization away. And so I'm not really digging that, but uh, I do have some tips for you on staying sober. Cause I, for me, like I said, this has not been a straight, road. It's been a crooked road to sobriety. Okay. The thing is that you just, you just don't give up. There's going to be a time when it's your time and you know, in your heart, you are ready and nothing is going to stop you. And that's how I felt when, when my bottom came, when I just hit bottom and said mentally, I can no longer do this. Otherwise I'm going to die. So getting sober, you know, is you got to deal with a lot of the, the nervous energy, the nervous energy, which is so difficult to deal with um, because you just can't sit still and you don't know what to do with yourself and you're just waiting for the day to end. And I say, these are things like that I do for me. So I say, meditate, 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 pray, 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 even if you have to do that all goddamn day long. Um, Work out. I run every single day. Um, Find things to do, friends to hang out with. Um, Find goals in life. And and then don't be afraid to just sit and maybe just watch TV. It's okay. It's okay to calm yourself down and just sit. It's okay. Um, I, I know it's difficult. And, and, and do Zoom if you have Zoom, okay? And if you can find an underground meeting, then go find them. They are out there. You can even message me. People have messaged me, and, and I've told them where all the meetings are. So you can definitely do that. Um, just please don't give up. I won't give up. You won't give up. Um, we have to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to hear, which we've never done this before, a millennial's point of view on anxiety and depression from my very own daughter, Paris St. John. So stay tuned and we're going to get a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back 
In the Ring with Mia St. John. We'd like to thank you for listening to In the Ring with Mia. When not on set, she's busy helping the less fortunate through the Mia St. John Foundation. And now, Mia could use your help more than ever by visiting her at her website, miastjohnfoundation.org, and making a donation. You help create a safe place for those suffering from mental illness, homelessness, and addiction. So don't delay. Visit miastjohnfoundation.org today and help us make changes in the lives of those who need it the most. In my career as a professional boxer, I've knocked out many opponents in the ring. Now I need your help to knock out my toughest opponent yet, the stigma surrounding mental illness. I'm on a personal mission to help people understand that with the right kind of support, individuals with mental health conditions can live productive lives. And that's why I serve as a board member for Step Up, a national nonprofit organization headquartered in Santa Monica, California, that is helping save the lives of young adults and others with serious mental health conditions across the country. Step Up also works to end homelessness for this group of individuals. I urge you to go to their website at www.stepuponsecond.org and get involved in the fight today. Together, you and I can knock out stigma once and for all. Okay, so let me talk to you for a moment about my favorite cosmetic dentist, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin in Beverly Hills. Because anyone that knows me knows how important my teeth are, especially having boxed for over 20 years. Have you ever wondered how your favorite stars have such flawless smiles? Have you ever seen a star with a noticeably fake smile? The difference between the two is the cosmetic dentist they chose. Dr. Lawrence Rifkin has been a dentist to the stars in the heart of Beverly Hills for the past 30 years. His patients are the elite of all industries and have a discerning eye for quality. So if you're looking for a Hollywood smile makeover that looks so natural you can keep it a secret, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin is the cosmetic dentist you should consult with. His experience as a pioneer in smile makeovers, along with him also being a professional sculptor, has made him a leader in creating beautiful smiles as well as all your dental needs from the simplest to the most complex. Please don't wait and visit DrLawrenceRifkin.com or call 310-273-0200. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to In the Ring with Mia. To reach Mia St. John or her guest on today's show, call in with questions or comments to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back in the ring. Welcome back. You're in the ring with Mia, and I am your host, Mia St. John. I am so excited because I have another person in the ring today, and we are going to hear a millennial's point of view, because so far all you guys have heard um, my point of view on anxiety, depression, mental health, addiction, and I thought, hey, we got to have like a refreshing, like new look on what that looks like, right? Because everybody has like their point of view of what depression is to them. And everybody is different. Trust me. Like we don't have the same signs of depression. Um, trust me, like that, that I might have or that a young 
um, person might have. So I thought, hey, let's bring, I know a millennial. She's a very rambunctious, <laughs> creative, wonderful spirit. My daughter, Paris St. John. Let's welcome to the ring, Paris St. John. Thank Hello, you. Paris. Can you hear me okay? <laughs> I can hear you. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm going to take the commercial's advice that everybody's opinion matters. So, yes. My opinion matters. It it matters especially I love the fact that you are young and you can give your point of view according to a young adult because I think it's important for young kids out there, because I know, like, I remember, and I tell you all the time, you know, we talk about all the time about when I was a young adult and how hard it was for me. And I had to deal with my mom constantly yapping about, well, when her age and her time and, but times have changed, right? Like we're living in a completely different generation than when I was growing up. Like now, you know, we have social media and, you know, computers and smartphones, and we're dealing with a completely different set of rules. You know, now you can bully someone on social media, whereas like for me at school, it was just like at school or, you know, we didn't have that, you know, that social media that now like we get attacked and even, you know, I do, I still get attacked on social media and, so I always like to hear like a millennial's point of view. Yeah. So Well, thank you for considering my point of view. Even if nobody wants to hear it, I'm ready to give it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing about life is like, we're all on our own journey. And um, while we all can relate to each other, um, we all have to walk the path alone. So yeah, depression and other experiences that we go through, like our path, you know, will be our own. And that's why sometimes it's hard to navigate, but it's great that we have this kind of platform um, to be able to then like find people, find things that we relate to in someone right. else and know that like we're, we're on different journeys, but we're all on different journeys together. Right. Uh, that's very well put. Yeah, because so it's not are, just a difference between ages, uh, but also just like people are different. And so like my depression journey couldn't be different from yours, even though I relate to you so much. I'm so grateful that I have a parent that is in the mental health world and that has so much experience of um, or just so many experiences that I can relate to. And like you said, like you growing up, even though it was a different generation, like there's still so many things that I can take away that I've listened to you and found the relatability in. Um, and, and you know, you one, know I mean, one of the things I get what you're saying. And one of the things that yeah. we've always talked about speaking of parents mm -hmm. is that how you always wished that mental health was implemented in our school curriculum. And I've always said the same thing. Like, right. I didn't right. learn about, you know, depression or anxiety, schizophrenia, bipolar, any of those things until I got into college and majored in psychology. Um, but I like your idea of implementing it in 
say, as early as junior high or even middle school. I can't is believe, sorry to interject, high. but I guess this is just like a normal mom and daughter conversation. <laughs> Nobody's listening, right? So <laughs> I can't believe that you remember that that was like something that I was really trying to push and like a cause I was fighting mm-hmm. for. And I remember when I was in speech classes in college, those were like all what my speeches were revolved around, which was like, you know, fighting for something that needs to be changed in our schools right. and institutions where we're teaching people mental health and, and beyond that, you know, just anything that would help us better navigate this life as an individual, as a human being. And so, yeah, I'm impressed that you remember that I was um, all about that. But I think like, I still, I still fight for that. And, you know, something that we'll be talking about today is just like how I kind of lose momentum because I lose I never lose the dream, but I lose, like, hope and faith in myself, I guess, just because of fears and everything else. And I think, you know, you're asking me about, you know, a perspective, my perspective of depression. And my first opinion when I think about depression and anxiety and mental disorders and mental illness is that it's usually, like, a, a result, a result of something else that you're going through. And so for me, like, I think it's, I'm, I'm definitely the number one person that reach out to to ask for a millennial's perspective with depression and anxiety, even though I know there's people that go through it maybe even to a greater degree, but I think I'm pretty much up there. Um, and, and on the extreme end of the, of the spectrum. And, and I think that it's a result of other things that I'm going through. And do you think it happens in during periods of our life or for you, is it just something that's ongoing? Like ongoing, I, I remember constant, your, your yeah. And I remember your brother used to tell me that, I, yeah, I, I asked him like, when do you first know, did you first notice depression? He said from birth, from the moment I can remember walking and talking. And, and to me, that's not just circumstantial. Like that is, that is yeah. a chemical imbalance. Yeah. Right. You're born with it. Honestly, I'm just going to say it like even just carrying it over from like another life, you know, just like what you're learning in this lifetime that you still like need to work on, you know, like something that's like deeper than just your physical body, than just your brain, than even maybe just your experiences. I think it's like on the heart level, like something that is like painful inside of you. You know, right. and, it, and it manifests as a mental illness, a mental disorder. And so for me, what that looks like is like I've known for as long as I can remember, just like that I've had such low belief or little belief in myself. And I never really like felt like it was okay to be myself. Um, so just like this deep, I think, like hate and where do you about think myself. That, where do you think that myself. comes from? Because you, um, you had the best mother ever. <laughs> so where could that have no i'm serious i mean you're you're, you're fishing for for uh, it yes. was pretty darn good <laughs> but where yeah, do you like think I said, that it I think stems it's from circumstance like i said i think what your what your cards are in life sometimes go beyond circumstance goes beyond experience and even physiology and biology um and that's, like, a question that, you know, only I can, like, 
really know the root of and find the solution to, you know. And explain Um, to our listeners, like, what does it look like? You know, because we always hear depression and and the the layperson thinks it's just someone sitting around crying all day. And that might, that's not necessarily it. I could be laughing and talking and, and with friends and I could still be severely depressed and you'd never know it. Right. So yeah, that look like here, what does yeah. it look like for you? By the way, I just want to apologize for the external noises that might be going around for my own mental health. Like I couldn't do this interview inside. Plus, here's a little confession since this is like a confessional between me and my mom. Um, I live with my mom or my mom lives with me and <laughs> I put the roof over her head. No, it's definitely the opposite. I'm a big adult baby, millennial. Um, that's part of my depression too. is I can't get on my own two feet. But I didn't want to stay in the same home as her as she's doing the interview. So I had to come outside. And so, yeah, that's where, you're, that's where I'm coming from right now. So I can get like a fresh perspective and just fresh air. Yeah. But, you know, I but, noticed that I don't think it's just you. I noticed that that's a big thing with millennials now. It's different than I was the Reagan generation. And our generation was the 80s. And once you graduated high school, you were out. Bags packed, ready in the car, ready to, you'd hear the wheels screeching out of the driveway. (laughs) Bye, mom. Um, And it's just, (laughs) and and we'd live anywhere. We'd live anywhere. I've told you so many times I lived in a dirt bag, grungy, $350 apartment in Van Nuys, California. And I did not care that it was a studio apartment with seven other roommates. And Okay, well, the audience may not have heard all of this, but I certainly have. Yes. And this is a broken record. But I, I, go ahead. But millennials, millennials, I've noticed, will not go through that. And it's not just you. It's a a (laughs) generational thing. And what's up with yeah, that? What sort you, of. What do you think? I mean, like, I don't what is like up to with generalize. That? I get it. And that could hold true to some degree. But I don't like to generalize. I think everybody's different. And, like, what I was kind of leading in to say earlier is that there's so many parts of, like, depression and, like, struggles that I do relate to about with you. But then there's also so many differences that I can learn from and that I'm inspired by. But for some reason is just something that I don't naturally have um, like the way that you dealt with I think the struggle was to just like work that much harder and for me when I don't have like the, the right belief in myself um, you know or, or, or the right things within me like happiness like self-love um, right you know, like inner security, then I tend to just not, I just tend to like not move forward at all. And how does someone get that? Because I I used to hear, and that really used to irk me all the time. I used to hear people say, you need to love yourself, Mia. But no one ever says, how? Do you just snap your fingers and go, okay, I love myself. You know, like, how do you, how does one love themselves? Yeah, I'm thinking. Isn't that, isn't that, in, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Like, really? Because you hear that a lot, right? You need to love yourself. Oh, okay. I never thought about that. So I think I'll start loving myself. Um, 
I yeah, can tell well, you what I can tell you what it means I, for me. But I'd yeah. also like to hear your point of view, what it means to you, how to love yourself. Yeah. For me, it's well, about taking care of myself and not hurting myself, giving myself things that make me feel good, right? In other words, like not drinking myself into oblivion, knowing how much it hurts me and depresses me and causes me anxiety. So that's one thing that I knew I had to take away was the things that, that I was doing that harmed myself. And that was a form of self-love, loving myself. You know, giving to me the things that I've always wanted in life, the success that I've always wanted, doing things that I've always wanted to do. Exactly. And you've been such a good example for that. So, and you said earlier, you know, that you don't know where it went wrong with me because I have the best mom. And the thing is, can you imagine if you were in a worse condition throughout raising me and you weren't and you didn't have that good of a head on your shoulders and you didn't love yourself enough to make your dreams come true and get to where you are now and survive and outlive the other people in the family, some of the other people in the family, like well, you, there's so much credit that is due. You don't even know how much worse the, the people I, around you could have suffered I because always, of, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I always say like, oh, thank God that I spent 30 yeah. years sober. I was able to raise right. my children sober. God, heaven forbid. Um, because for those of you who don't know Paris's father, who's Christoph St. John passed away from alcoholism and, um, he always had a difficult time staying sober. So um, Paris has really actually gone through more than, you know, the average person losing. Than one wants to. Right. Losing your brother, my son, to suicide, and then losing your father to alcoholism. And then having your own mother having to watch me spiral right before your eyes. I mean, yeah. and, and, and then I used knowing to, that I have all of these issues that all of these people that you named um, had that I have them too. <laughs> right. You know, right. it's like, fuck, we're all right. fucked. Well, I think that, that, you know, but it's, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. And then, it, and then I, I'll I go just, into my perspective, the millennials just, perspective. So what we'll do is I'll just end before we go to break by saying that. Okay. I just think that, you know, I know that with our losses that we're two very strong women and we will overcome this and, and conquer this and we will make um, Julian yeah, and, and that's, proud. And, and that, that's the part of self-love is that you have to love right. even the deepest, darkest parts of you. So exactly. that'll lead into when we come back from the break, I guess, more of my perspective on self-love. Right. Not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it from the Big Book of AA. And we will be back. We're going to get a word from our sponsors. So stay tuned. You'll be back in the ring with Mia and Paris. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. 
Okay, so let me talk to you for a moment about my favorite cosmetic dentist, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin in Beverly Hills. Because anyone that knows me knows how important my teeth are, especially having boxed for over 20 years. Have you ever wondered how your favorite stars have such flawless smiles? Have you ever seen a star with a noticeably fake smile? The difference between the two is the cosmetic dentist they chose. Dr. Lawrence Rifkin has been a dentist to the stars in the heart of Beverly Hills for the past 30 years. His patients are the elite of all industries and have a discerning eye for quality. So if you're looking for a Hollywood smile makeover that looks so natural you can keep it a secret, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin is the cosmetic dentist you should consult with. His experience as a pioneer in smile makeovers, along with him also being a professional sculptor, has made him a leader in creating beautiful smiles as well as all your dental needs from the simplest to the most complex. Please don't wait and visit DrLawrenceRifkin.com or call 310-273-0200. In my career as a professional boxer, I've knocked out many opponents in the ring. Now I need your help to knock out my toughest opponent yet, the stigma surrounding mental illness. I'm on a personal mission to help people understand that with the right kind of support, individuals with mental health conditions can live productive lives. And that's why I serve as a board member for Step Up, a national nonprofit organization headquartered in Santa Monica, California, that is helping save the lives of young adults and others with serious mental health conditions across the country. Step Up also works to end homelessness for this group of individuals. I urge you to go to their website at www.stepuponsecond.org and get involved in the fight today. Together, you and I can knock out stigma once and for all. We'd like to thank you for listening to In the Ring with Mia. When not on set, she's busy helping the less fortunate through the Mia St. John Foundation. And now, Mia could use your help more than ever by visiting her at her website, miastjohnfoundation.org, and making a donation. You help create a safe place for those suffering from mental illness, homelessness, and addiction. So don't delay. Visit miastjohnfoundation.org today and help us make changes in the lives of those who need it the most. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to In the Ring with Mia. To reach Mia St. John or her guest on today's show, call in with questions or comments to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to miastjohnblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back in the ring. Welcome back to In the Ring with Mia. I am your host, Mia St. John. And yes, we have Paris St. John in the background there. Paris, how can people get a hold of you? You're on Twitter, at the St. John family. No, I would hate when you do this i don't use social media yet but they can just take what what i get what they get you know when i do certain things like this (sighs) you can i know this is my daughter i i always never not to do that she hates social media but i love it you guys and i will answer any questions that you have you can follow me on twitter at mia st john boxer and on Instagram at Mia St. John Boxer as well. And you can even even call in with your questions or if you don't want, some people just rather like email me or DM me. 
And I didn't do questions today, but I am going to do them for next week's episode. Um, Because I wanted to give you um, a dose of my daughter, uh, the millennials point of view. So I thought we could spend the show talking about that. And then next week, I will definitely get get to your questions. So Paris and I were talking about before the break about depression and what that looks like for us and Uh, how to self-love. Yeah. How to self-love, which is so important, which we were talking about how it's so crazy that we learn so many things in school, like history, math, English, none of which I have to tell you, I I have used today (laughs) in today's world. Although I do love history, but I don't think I've ever used like, I mean, I remember in college, like we had to take statistics, I was a psych major. We had to take statistics 101 to the 200 level, 300 level, 400 level. I have never done any statistics as of yet. So it's incredible, like the things that we learn. But yeah, we don't even learn like the most basic tools in life. And you were saying something, Paris, the other day when I said I was getting on you about filing your taxes. And I said, even though you don't make, you're like, I don't make, I didn't make any money. Even if you didn't make money. And you told me that you're like, haven't I always, or like you said, um, don't you know that you're still supposed to file for taxes even if you didn't make any money? Okay, yes, I'm outing myself there. Like, I have no, I've had no real job in a really long time. Um, but isn't and I'm it like, crazy? Well, how the hell am I supposed to know that? Were you supposed to tell me that? Or right. Like, I thought I did. But, I mean, some of like, yeah, the most I mean, basic things, though, we don't even learn. It's just crazy, like how to live life. Yeah, and that's know? why I always say um that's why I always say or I, I think that like you always say because <laughs> because you have because we haven't been told taught like how to really actually live and be who we are um you just have to take your own path anyway um and you can't like wait for permission, you know, and, and that's part of the reason why it's so hard for us to take our own path and for like, you know, to come up with these answers on our own because we were kind of taught in this world that we have to be taught something by somebody else in order for it to be true, you know, but what happens when you're not taught the essentials of how to live, then you do have to kind of go off the beaten path. But I'm just here to tell you to trust it and it's okay and you don't need permission. And it's, and it's okay to be afraid to do it because everybody's afraid to do something that, that hasn't already been done before, you know, and hasn't been in, in somebody, something that hasn't been shown to them. Right. I think we're always, we're always going to be questioning ourselves. Like, am I good enough? Um, Yeah. You know, even throughout my boxing career and even things I'm doing now, like I question like, well, am I really good enough? What are people going to think? And I know that you go through that a lot. Oh, yeah. And especially I think as being and I think being a young adult, like you probably go through it like to an even greater extent (laughs) on the maximum. It's probably at like the maximum capacity. Like the lever is cranked all the way up of like, I give a fuck what people think. Like when you're young, the younger you are, the like more underdeveloped, like you're, you are. So, right. But still you manage very well because you show, um, you have a lot of self 
expression. Expression. And you dance everywhere we go. I don't yeah. care where we're at. We're at the mall yesterday and she breaks out in a dance, which I think, <laughs> which is so, I love it. I think it's, I think it's amazing. I wish I could do something like that. <laughs> but in, is that, is that, cause you do that everywhere, every day, all day long. Yeah. Um, and, and it is your passion. And I can tell. I think we all is have it, both. And kind of what you were saying is like, we will eternally, you know, have self-doubt and questioning like you know you're saying even like at this point like you would question you know if you're good enough for boxing or good enough for this or for whatever it is Mm -hmm. and maybe that's just a part of self-love is accepting that that might just be a part of like it might just be wired in us to some degree but to not honor it so yeah right I, I live um in both worlds like I'm I'm just, I think, a balance of, of everything. Um, go ahead, interject for me while I finish my thought. I, well, I wanted to get back to, um, real quick, what we were talking about. What does depression look like for you? Yeah. Well, but also what does self-love look like for me? For And... Because I mean, for me, like depression, that we're is, trying. Yeah, for we're me, trying depression to like play two chords just, at the same time here. Because, uh, like, for depression, it doesn't. For me, it's not just me sitting sitting around crying. Like, I have severe anxiety, yeah. so I tend to yeah. get. I I love that commercial that shows yeah. the lady walking around with a dark cloud raining over her head. <laughs> and it's like when I'm depressed, it's like that's just how I feel. Like the sun is not shining; it's cloudy. But like then my also remember when we used to laugh at the at, at the same commercial that they would have like a paper face with a smiley face on it, and sometimes yeah. that's really how it feels. It <laughs> does. Like it I said, I could be face. laughing and joking with my friends all the while. Yeah. I am severely depressed, and I and I get yeah. scared. I feel like doom is around the corner. And it's, it's a terrible feeling. And I, I think that's what leads so many of us to drink, to kind of calm that yeah. anxiety and that fear. But what I, I want people to know is that it doesn't, it doesn't work. It, do, it might work for the first 20 minutes. And then after that, it's, it's over. And then your anxiety and fear just, it grows and grows. Um, and it, 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 it just gets worse. Nothing gets better. Um, we have that, about a minute. Why, Do you want to tease what you're going to talk about in the next segment? Um, yeah, sure. Like, well, I'll just finish that thought and, um, to say that that's why you have to be your true self and to practice all, you know, what, what you consider to be self-love. Um, because if you take the other route of staying in your depression, um, you know, then it's, it's not going to take you very far. Like you so have true. to find a way to break through that and so more true. of that, more breaking through when we get back. And we're going to get a word from our sponsors and we will be right back with in the ring with Mia and Paris. 
Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to In the Ring with Mia. When not on set, she's busy helping the less fortunate through the Mia St. John Foundation. And now, Mia could use your help more than ever by visiting her at her website, miastjohnfoundation.org, and making a donation. You help create a safe place for those suffering from mental illness, homelessness, and addiction. So don't delay. Visit miastjohnfoundation.org today and help us make changes in the lives of those who need it the most. Okay, so let me talk to you for a moment about my favorite cosmetic dentist, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin in Beverly Hills. Because anyone that knows me knows how important my teeth are, especially having boxed for over 20 years. Have you ever wondered how your favorite stars have such flawless smiles? Have you ever seen a star with a noticeably fake smile? The difference between the two is the cosmetic dentist they chose. Dr. Lawrence Rifkin has been a dentist to the stars in the heart of Beverly Hills for the past 30 years. His patients are the elite of all industries and have a discerning eye for quality. So if you're looking for a Hollywood smile makeover that looks so natural you can keep it a secret, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin is the cosmetic dentist you should consult with. His experience as a pioneer in smile makeovers, along with him also being a professional sculptor, has made him a leader in creating beautiful smiles as well as all your dental needs from the simplest to the most complex. Please don't wait and visit DrLawrenceRifkin.com or call 310-273-0200. In my career as a professional boxer, I've knocked out many opponents in the ring. Now I need your help to knock out my toughest opponent yet, the stigma surrounding mental illness. I'm on a personal mission to help people understand that with the right kind of support, individuals with mental health conditions can live productive lives. And that's why I serve as a board member for Step Up, a national nonprofit organization headquartered in Santa Monica, California, that is helping save the lives of young adults and others with serious mental health conditions across the country. Step Up also works to end homelessness for this group of individuals. I urge you to go to their website at www.stepuponsecond.org and get involved in the fight today. Together, you and I can knock out stigma once and for all. You are listening to In the Ring with Mia. To reach Mia St. John or her guest on today's show, call in with questions or comments to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back in the ring. Welcome back to In the Ring with Mia. I'm your host, Mia St. John. And, and you are on the beat with our dancer, Paris St. John. Songwriter, dancer, triple I'm thread. Call my podcast on the stage. Oh, that's a that's good one. That's at least one. what I'm working towards. I love anyway. that. I love that. I kind of like it too because we go through the same struggles but they're kind of different because you're an athlete and I'm an artist you know that is cool I love it because in the ring with Mia on stage with Paris yeah and I want to apologize for anybody that I made feel uncomfortable for any moment that like sounded like there was like mother-daughter tension especially when she was like trying to promote me on social media and you know there's like (laughs) some buttons I think that are unnecessarily pushed and I just you know, I'm not very experienced with like putting myself out there. I think recording wise, you don't like attention, and I'm always like trying to bring the spotlight on you. 
And you're like, no. Sometimes, I know. And when you have, like, a different opinion and a different perspective, it's just, and you don't have experience, like, putting it out there. Like, sometimes it's just, it just can get sometimes, like, rocky and, like, messy, like, of, of how to do that and, and to have a conversation with somebody else. Um, that's like shown to the public. So I'm getting better at that, more experience, hopefully, as I continue, you know, find my voice a little more and, and find out how to do it better. Right. But so that's. And, so you know, all, all, I know that a lot of, I just want to say that a lot of your expression, I think, is through your self ex- expression, is through your dance and your music. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I want to be able to do anything that I want to do, you know, if I want to express myself through just talking. But, yeah, definitely my first language is, like, through music. Um, so I guess I'll talk a little bit about what self-love looks like to me and then, like, what depression looks like for me. And the first example with self-love is just being on this show today and not feeling like I needed to be perfect. Um, even though, you know, we want, we want things to go the best way possible. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, for me, like it's just important to just be my real self. Um, because then that shows that like, I love myself and that I'm good enough as it is. Right. You know, and I think our happiness comes from who we naturally are when we're trying is when we, are not connected with our natural gifts and our natural talents and like our purpose for who we came here to be. So just, you know, just an example is coming on this show and like not feeling like I needed to give any advice, which was great because I was getting panicky about it this morning. I was like, I woke up and (laughs) I was like, wait, like I don't really have anything to offer as far as like advice right now because I'm more like going through it myself. And then when you told me, like as I was having breakfast, you're like, yeah, okay. So I'm just going to, you know, say that it's your perspective, you know, and I was like, and, and perspective on depression and anxiety. And I was like, you know what, that's perfect because that's, I can do that. You know, I can like let people in on my like real experience. Right. Um, And a lot of times I think that too, like I have to have all the answers and know what to say and give advice and that's not true. Like what I said in the very beginning is the road to sobriety, I'm, I'm talking for myself, is cro- crooked. It is not a straight line. So there are times when when I come on here and I am struggling, you know, so we don't always. Ha- and I think that's important. It's important for the public to know that we're not always perfect. Yeah, Although sometimes exactly. like, you know, we try to pretend like we are. We're not. Yeah, and I think your perfection comes in accepting your imperfections. I don't know how that science works, (laughs) but it just seems to be that when you just go with it and you love every part of yourself, then, like, magic happens, and that's where perfection is. Yeah. You know, and it's it's tried and true true every time. So yeah, what that is so true. looks like for me, because I want to take those last few minutes and really use it to my benefit and see if I can find a way out of okay, well, whatever got, I'm going through, or at least scratch the surface. You got and a so minute and 30 it. to tell it. Okay. Go well, I'll it. give just an example, <laughs> just, just one or two examples of what 
makes me depressed right now. And just the simple fact that I can't move forward. And I feel like I can't move forward because I feel like shameful of the feelings that I'm, I have. And uh, the route, I could take the route of self-love or I can, can, can continue to take the route of self-hate and keep feeling, you know, keep um, feeding the depression. And the route of self-love would to just be ex- to express myself to express those feelings, to, to get out what I think I can't feel, to get out what, to go and do what I think I can't do. If I know that that's my true self. And if I know that that's the path to healing, the other route would to be what I keep going back to, which is feeling like I can't wake up and out of bed and I cannot be who I am because I'm shameful of it. So that goes back to just self-love and what is self-love loving every single part of you and not being afraid to share and express any of it. So I got out here and I danced before I got on this conversation and I kind of call it like my dance depression. And that usually happens when I'm like, when I don't get out there and I dance my way through life, when I don't feel like I can't express myself, you know? And, and so that, so I just try to jump into my dance and my dancing teaches me that, um, I don't have to, I don't have to be anything for anybody that I can be, I can be every, I can be all parts of myself and you can too. And you can find a way to express yourself and love yourself and to, and what self-love means to me is to not, is to not listen to the voice of the world and to listen to the voice of yourself. Very well said. I love it. (laughs) And I'd love to have you back, but we're out of time, but will you come back back next week? Yes. Come back next week and hear more of the millennials' point of view. Love you, everyone. I love you guys. Love you. Thank you for tuning into In the Ring with Mia. Be sure to join host Mia St. John for the next show on Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, you are one of the most important people in the world. <laughs>